This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. And we would just like to uh, thank you guys who are watching online and let other people know about it as well. Uh, you know, as of yesterday, I didn't know I was going to do this, but I've watched uh, about an hour of the president, and uh, he and a lot of our politicians were who could not even be in the same room not too long ago. They were working together because of the panic and the, uh, the national emergency that they declared. And he asked us, he asked us to, you know, groups of 250 not to meet, suggested you know, groups of 200 not to meet. Well, you know, then this morning I got a text from a friend who said, I don't think that's relevant to the, you know, the, uh, the church families and all. But I wasn't sure about that, but what his intent was is to, to try to protect as many people as he could. Some people think there's nothing to it. Some people think it's tragic. And we do see uh, some people who have died in the midst of it, and it has passed on. So we decided that here's a great opportunity to us to put our tools to the test. And we do stream online, you know, our services every week, have been for many, many, many years. And this is an opportunity if something like this ever happens again, or if this goes a little bit longer, we can at least communicate with you. And uh, this coming Wednesday night... Uh, you'll hear more f- about it, but uh, Super Church will be uh, have a, a video going out. So all the kids on Wednesday night, we'll let you know what the time is, but they can watch what happens in Super Church. It's not going on right now, and we knew some people would come out, you know, when they knew we were here, and that's okay. But we'd ask everybody to spend time with their family. The president said this weekend was the National Day of Prayer, and what an awesome time for us to get together to pray for our nation, be honest with you, pray for our world, because there's a lot of folks who are very um, fearful right now, very much in a panic right now. They don't know what to do, especially those who do not have a relationship with God. So uh, I want to share a few things with you. It's a little bit uh, different what we're doing here, but you know what? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we can do all things through uh, Christ, who is our strength. We genuinely can. Um, you know, it's an old truth that I want to talk about, you know, right now for uh, a new year, for, for a new day. And that's talking about fear not. Because we're, we're tempted, are we not, to be afraid. We're tempted to have fear. We don't know what the future has in store. Uh, and for many, 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 many years, I didn't come out and sit down first. For many, 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 many years, I came out that door there to preach. And I was fearful lots of times before I stepped out of there, you know. I was. And uh, God always showed up and he always helped us in the midst of it. And we've all probably had some fears of some kind that's relevant to us, you know. I was reading an article. It says an atheist approaching the end of his life He voiced one regret. You know, atheists really don't believe in God. There is one thing that mars the pleasures of my life. 
He said, if I could know that death is an eternal sleep, I would die happy. But this fear, this fear pierces my soul. This fear pierces my soul. If the Bible is true, and we know that it is, he said, I'm lost forever. See, the Bible contains the words of life. It is the words of life. Listen to what it says in Psalms 55 verse 4. It says, my heart is in anguish. The terror of death overpowers me. The terror of death for those who don't have a relationship with Christ, especially because they don't know what the future has in, in store. In verse 5 he says, fear and trembling overwhelm me. I can't stop shaking. <coughs> oh, how I wish I had wings like a, like a dove, and then I would fly away and I would rest. I, I would fly away to the quiet of the wilderness. Interlude, which means stop and think about that. Verse 8 says, how quickly I would escape far away from this wild storm of hatred and how far I would escape from the threat of, you know, coronavirus and all kinds of other things that make us fearful at times, you know. And he said, I would fly away if I could, you know. And, and fear is like when you throw sand in the engine of your car. It just, it wears it out, you know. And fear does that to us, you know, when it's thrown into the machinery of our very life. In Psalms 57, it says, the psalmist says, have mercy on me. Oh God, have mercy. Mercy means please don't give me what I deserve. And isn't that our prayer? Like, Lord, please don't give me what I deserve, you know. That is mercy, not giving what we deserve. It says, have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy on me. And then he goes on to say, I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the violent storm is, is passed. Like a, a, uh, an eaglet hides under mama's wings until the storm is passed. Or little chicks hide under its mama's wings, you know. And it says, I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings, O God, until the violent storm is past. I cry out to God, most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to save me, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. Interlude. My God will send forth his unfailing love and his faithfulness. Now see, maybe you're not uh, dealing with fears about the coronavirus. Maybe it's about we still have a job or a thousand other things that come against us and get us to anticipate and expect the worst to happen. You know, fear, it imprisons us. It really does. It's like puts us in a prison where faith, and this is the alternative to fear, Faith sets us free. Faith in God's word and what he has said and what he's promised us. Fear, it paralyzes us. Faith, it empowers us to do seemingly the impossible. Fear disheartens and faith encourages us. Fear, it sickens us. And faith, in so many ways, it heals and it restores. Fear makes useless where faith makes us serviceable, a tool in almighty God's hand. Fear puts hopelessness at the heart of life. 
hopelessness at the heart of life, while faith greatly rejoices in God, and it changes and moves mountains, and it changes things, changes people's lives. It says here in 2 Timothy, familiar passage to many of you, 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But there's a lot of people right now on this planet who have a spirit of fear. This pandemic, this uh, national emergency, and we see in certain parts of the country, there are hundreds of people who are sick already. Other places there's not, and they're thinking, well, hey, we've kind of lucked out, and thank the Lord there's nothing here, but, but we don't really know what all the future has in store. So people are sitting on the edge of their seat. They're really concerned. But I can tell you, as far as being fearful about our future, God don't want you that way. He says in his word, 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given us a spirit of power and love. And the Bible says faith works by love. He's given us a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now, O Israel, the Lord who created you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've bought you back. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's what he's talking about. Now, several years ago, there was a well-known circus show. And in the circus, there was a guy who specialized with these tigers. They were massive, you know, massive tigers. And what he would do is go in this big old iron ring that had, you know, bars on it to keep the people safe. He'd go in there with a, a whip and just a, a kitchen chair. And he would go in there and he'd put them through their paces and make them jump up on things and run around this way and do all kinds of things. He did that. And they had a, a TV camera that zoomed in on them you know, and to see all that was going on. And then right in the middle of his presentation, the power in that tent went off. And so there's a whole pile of tigers in this arena there, and he is in there. And if you know anything about tigers, they see very well in the dark. Humans don't see so good in the dark enough. And everybody was, oh, you know. And then for 33 seconds, the power stayed off, and then it came back on, and he went through the rest of his routine with them. Then he was interviewed afterwards and said, how did you feel when the light went off? And he admitted he was really nervous, you know. And, and they pointed out the fact that, you know, the tigers could see you, but you couldn't see them. And he said, you're right, the tigers could see me very well. But I couldn't see them, but they didn't know. I couldn't see them. So he said he just kept cracking his whip and he kept talking to them like he could see them and telling them to do this and telling them to do that and off. And uh, he did not let fear and panic get a hold of him and run and scream or something because then it would have brought 
really some bad things upon him. And it's just like us. Do we cave in when fear comes at us? Or can we stand our ground? And I'll tell you, you can stand your ground when you're in God's word. Because God has promised us so many blessings that he'll be there for us in these times of difficulty. Proverbs chapter 4, it says in verse 20, it says, Pay attention, my child, to what I say, and listen carefully. And that's what God's speaking to us. Pay attention, my child, to what I say, and listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my word, you know, because God's word, did you know it builds faith? God's word builds faith that can actually move mountains. And God's word builds faith that actually produces miracles. And right now in this world in which we live is we're praying for the whole planet, for the whole world. And we're praying for individuals that we know that are scattered all around, loved ones and, and, and friends and family, acquaintances, people we don't even know as yet. We're praying for them. But I'm telling you, prayer moves the hand of Almighty God. And miraculous things can happen. You know, when we get a hold of faith, then we're not praying out of fear because fear does not motivate answers to prayer very well. But he says here, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. And, you know, it says in Romans 10, 17, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. It produces faith that can produce all kinds of miraculous things. That's what he tells us. And see, if you feed your faith, your fears will starve to death and die. If you feed your faith. If you feed your fears, you won't have much faith left around, that's for sure. But so what are we going to feed? You get a hold of God's word and you read it and you get together with your family and you, you read it and you pray it. In times like this, it's the truth because if we don't get a hold of God, you know, we'll succumb to fear and worry and anxiety, and we don't want to go there. He goes on to say in verse 22, for they, talking about the words of God, for they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Above all else, he says, above all else, now, what percentage is all? 100%. 100%. Above all else, guard your hearts. And how our, we guard our heart is by what goes in our ears and what goes in our eyes. It produces fear. It produces faith. Depends on what's going in, our eyes and our ears. And he says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. And you know worry. Worry is just like a little trickle of water. And if we allow worry, which is fear, just to go through our mind on a regular, ongoing basis, it'll cut a, a little groove in our mind that will eventually be like a Grand Canyon. And all of our other good, positive, faith-filled thoughts will just be drained out, and fear will control us on an ongoing basis, and we don't want that. Philippians, this is one of our favorite passages. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything. anything. That means anything but money, right? I mean, is anything but sicknesses and all, right? What does anything mean? What percentage is anything? Don't worry about anything, even viruses and sicknesses and things. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And we got some things to pray about right now here in our nation. 
and that men and women who don't know Christ, that they would come to know him in these times. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And what percentage is everything? 100%. 100%. Pray about it all. What you see on the television, the news, whatever you see the, our, our national leaders talking about it and encouraging us to use this weekend as a, a national day of prayer. That's pretty awesome. They, they, uh, our president asked us to do that, and I think that's a wise thing to do. We're going to pray for you, all for you guys who are watching uh, as, as we end the service. Just going to pray for you right there. But he says, don't worry about anything. He said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need, and then thank him. Don't worry. Pray. Tell God exactly what you need, and then thank him for all he has done, for everything that Almighty God has done, for 100%, if you can think about something God did, thank him for it. And he says, if you don't worry, you don't give in to fear, instead you pray, and then you, you tell God what you need, and then you thank him for all he's done. He says in verse 7, what's that first word? Yeah. Then, then you will experience God's peace. Now, God's peace is amazing. If, when you look at that word peace, you know, that, that, that's a transforming word. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah there, it means a wholeness. It means healing, physical, as well as just peace of mind. But he tells us here, then you will experience God's peace when you choose not to worry, you pray about everything, you tell God what you need, and then you thank him for all he's done. Then, after you've done those four things, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace is like the military. It's like law enforcement. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard, will protect your heart. His peace will protect your mind. Is your mind ever under attack? Things that you shouldn't be thinking? Is, is the rest of you ever under attack? Absolutely. And he says, this peace will protect us. See, some people have this peace, the peace of God that includes wholeness, not just for your mind, but for your body. Some people have this peace, and some people's lives are more in pieces because they don't have Christ in their life. But they can. He loves them. He's crazy about them. He doesn't want to help them. It says in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 37, but soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. Now, you don't really want to be in a boat that's nearly full of water out at sea. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Well, I just happened to bring a little cushion here in case I wanted to fall asleep here for a little bit. So my wife just let me borrow one that was on the couch there. And it says that Jesus, you know, he'd been pretty busy all day long, and he was sleeping on a cushion. That's what the scripture says. And it says here, uh, it was nearly full of water, and Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, while he's sleeping, frantically, they, his disciples, woke him up shouting, Teacher, teacher, teacher! I mean, they were seriously trying to get him awake. Don't you even care that we're going to drown? You ever say something like that? 
You know, God don't really care about me. If he did, he'd do this and that. Or he wouldn't let this happen. Sometimes we come across that way. That's what the disciples were doing, you know. You're going to let us drown, verse 39 says. And when he woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the water, quiet down. You to understand, he, he created that water. He created this planet that we're living on. And he said, quiet down. And suddenly the wind stopped. Now these disciples were fearful. And the Bible says, fear not. And it says, he said to the, the water, quiet down. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? And fear is the evidence of the lack of faith. Why are we fearful so often? Is it because we still don't have faith in the promises of Almighty God? He loves us. Just like you fathers love your children, our Father God loves us absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. The cure of fear is faith. It genuinely is. I was reading about a, a wedding, and this wedding, the couple, of, they came from a pretty wealthy family, and they received thousands and thousands of dollars of gifts and some cash, but all kinds of gifts and things when they got married. And now they were bashful about going on their honeymoon because somebody might steal their gifts. You know, it was in their apartment there. So when they got back, they were all nervous. There was a bank that had, you know, some safe deposit areas, not just a little box, but bigger areas. And they went and they paid a certain amount to get these safe deposit areas, and they put all of their presents that they received from their wedding in that area. All that they had received. And you think about that, you know. Where have you deposited your all? Where have you deposited your children? Where have you deposited your past and your future? And everything that relates to you, your, your wife, your husband. You know, where have you deposited that? When we deposit everything, all that we are and ever hope to be, we deposit it in almighty God's hands. He says he's able to keep that which we commit to him. He's able to take care of it. We don't have to be a we don't have to be frightened. Are we going to lose this or lose that? Or how can I do this and all? But I saw that with this wedding, and they deposited all their stuff in an area which they believed would keep them safe. But I can tell you, Almighty God, faith in Him, you know, will keep us and our families and our loved ones safer than anywhere you can put them. That's just the truth of it. Uh, Max Licato said, Fears plan is to manipulate you with the mysterious. That's what fear wants to do. To taunt you with the unknown. Fear of death, fear of failure, fear of tomorrow. Fear, uh, his arsenal is vast. Fear is trying to control us, to create cowardly, joyless souls. Fear doesn't want you to make the journey to the mountain. He figures if he can rattle you enough, this is fear, you will take your eyes off of the peaks and you will settle for a dull existence in the lowlands. Fear will manipulate us 
to where we, we lose our dreams and our goals. It'll control us and make us frightened. And we'll forget what we're really supposed to be about. That's what fear would try to do. Franklin Roosevelt once said, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear, does anybody know the rest of it? Is fear itself. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning terror. It paralyzes our efforts to advance. And he was right. He really was, because you think about this. Job talked about it. There in Job chapter 3, verse 25, he says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. See, fear is the wrong use of our imagination. When we're f fearful, you can imagine something terrible happening to somebody, and, and those are the imaginations we need to cast down. We need to fear not throughout, over and over, hundreds of times in the Bible, he tells us, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. For such a time as this, we don't have to be afraid. We can go to his word. Uh, how, how big of a Bible do you have to have for it to be powerful? You think this one right here, this is a Bible. You think this one is as powerful as this one? And I got a great big family Bible, you know. You think it would be better if I'm reading and studying out of it? Let me tell you, when you get God's word from here, don't matter how big it is, and I get my, my Bible oftentimes off of a little old cell phone nowadays, and I get it into here and get it into here and get it into here, and it is like dynamite. It is explosive. It is powerful. And God's word delivers us from fear. It genuinely does. But Job gave us some wisdom. He says, the thing I feared most, it came upon me. Because fear is faith in reverse. It's believing something bad's going to happen. And we don't want to do that. We want to believe something good's going to happen. We want to believe all the promises that Almighty God has given unto us. Psalms 112, verse 5, it says, When darkness overtakes the godly... Let me see if I have my... I got this little battery that charges my phone. But it does something else too. Since when darkness overtakes the godly, light will come bursting in. When darkness, when fear tries to overtake you and me, he tells us that light, in his word, he says, my, my, my word is a lamp to our, our feet and to our path. He says, when darkness overtakes the godly, the godly, light will come bursting in. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. All goes well for those who are generous, who lend freely and conduct their life, their business uh, fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil circumstances. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They do not fear bad news. The godly do not fear bad news. We've been hearing some pretty bad news in our world. Not just here in the United States, but all over the planet. We've been hearing some bad news. And it says they, and he's talking about the godly, they do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. And I'm going to tell you, Almighty God's going to take care of you. And we need to make time to look into his word, especially at times like this. Get his word on the inside where it begins to produce faith. And faith begins to grow. 
And it changes things in our life. It really does. Verse 8 goes on to say, They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Here's another powerful passage. Psalms 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light <coughs> and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? He's my light. Comes bursting in when darkness tries to come in and mess with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He's my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? Only those who know the Lord as their light and their salvation can honestly say, why should I be afraid? My Papa God, he's taking care of me. He's looking after me. He's watching after me. You know, why should I be afraid? He's crazy about me. Now, you may or may not know him the way that I do, but he will always take care of you. He goes on to say, the one thing, Verse 4, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord, his presence, all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He's going to hide me. He's going to hide me when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary, and he will place me out of, what does I say? On a high rock. Can you imagine some little bulldog comes out there and he's trying to, 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 to bite your, your kids and you pick your kid up and you put him way up on a rock. And then you take care of the dog. But what I'm saying is God, that's what he's talking about us. And, and we have some difficulty in our world right now. We have some difficulty in our nation. That's the reason we're doing this online. But I want to tell you, God's there for you. He will hide you from all these troubles. He will protect you because he's crazy about you. You know, David was not afraid to be alone out in that wilderness with his sheep weeks at a time. David, with only a sling, was not afraid of mountain lions and bears. David was not afraid of Goliath. Why? Because he said, thou art with me. You're with me, almighty God. And I don't have to be afraid of anything because you are with me. It says here in Psalms 27, verse 13, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have caved into fear. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have given up and caved into fear but I believe, and that word believe is just talking about faith. So am I having trust in the almighty God? And then he goes on to say, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Uh, Papa God, we hear an emergency vehicle off in the distance, and maybe somebody's in need that we know. We ask that you'd help them, and that you would give wisdom to those first responders to be able to get there in time and to offer them the assistance they need and draw them all unto yourself, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, the way to take the fear out of living 
is to put your faith in the Almighty God. Because there's fears that can rise this whole ugly head every day of our life. All kinds of things. And all sources of media throws fears at us, does it not? But we can look at those things and we can pray about the things that's going on in our world. And God will move in us. Hebrews 13, 6 says, The Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I'm going to be done earlier than normal, just so you know. So don't everybody get up and leave right away. I'm so glad we could do this together. I really am. And I believe that God is, is preparing us uh, and using the tools that we have to reach even more people, somehow, some way. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And you know, it's like talking about a donkey that's overloaded or talking about a ship that has too much cargo on it. You know, it's overburdened. And you know what? When we start carrying fear, we're overburdened. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Let's believe what God's word says. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you. And you know these, these two yokes? You see the animals there? He says, I'm in one side. You get in the other side and learn to walk close with me. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. He's wanting to teach you and me about life, about us, about how to move forward, how to overcome fear, how to walk in faith. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle and you will find rest for your souls. Whoa. And see, when, if we want to relinquish those burdens and those heavy weights, we must begin to adore him and we must begin to worship him and all those heavy weights just fall to the side as we love God. Verse 30, it's the last verse we're going to look at in Matthew 11. It says, for your yoke fits perfectly. Jesus was a carpenter. He says, your yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. He will never weigh you down with more than you and I can handle. That's the truth of it. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down. Are you a worry wart? I think you should get rid of those warts. But worry weighs a person down, and encouraging word cheers a person up. And the Bible is a whole book of encouraging words. And it cheers us up. And it builds our faith for such a time as this. It genuinely does. God's given us a whole book of that. Well, let me see. I think I might have left something back here. During a conflict in the Middle East, Ron, I like his name, Ron and Jake Jones, who served with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Israel, wrote in their prayer letters that they would send out to people. They said, the result of the fighting and the killing in there where we live has left a profound sense of discouragement that hovers over the country. Several times we have come 
into closer contact with this conflict than our uh, closer contact with this conflict than our comfort zone allowed. Yesterday, a friend said she was out watching a shepherd caring for his sheep near the area where the guns are fired. And every time the shots rang out, the sheep scattered in fright. And the shepherd would just go and touch each of them with his staff. He would touch each of the sheep and he spoke calmly to them. And the sheep settled down because they trusted the shepherd. And then another shot sounded and the same routine happened again. They scattered and each time the sheep needed the shepherd to orient them again and to reassure them that they were safe. We're like those sheep when we're frightened. And our shepherd, he's always reaching down and he's always touching us. That's what his word tells us, always touching us because he loves us and he cares for us. He's pulling us out of the thickets and we get hung up in some things that we ought not to be in. And he leads us. Our shepherd leads us in green pastures and meadows and by the still waters. You know the 23rd Psalm. It's a powerful psalm to read. But he's there for us in difficult times to comfort us and to assure us everything's going to be okay. So what I'd like to do, uh, one of the most powerful prayer warriors that I know of is here with us tonight. And I want to ask them to come up here with me. We're just going to take a minute or two and pray for you. And that would be my wife. And I'd like to read you one passage before we pray for you and for all the men and women who are watching online and for your kids and all. <clears throat> it says in Psalms, you want to read that? Psalms 91, verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. 
I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. First thing I would like to do, maybe since we have a small group because you're not supposed to be here, um, probably I think all of you know Christ as your Lord and Savior who is here, but there's a lot of people who may be watching who do not. And he says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We'll be saved, and he'll be watching over us and taking care of us. So I'd like us to pray for those of us who are here, reaffirm our faith in Christ, and allow those who are watching, maybe for the first time, if you would declare your faith in Christ along with this right now. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And you have a plan for my life. And you have a plan for my life. I believe that Jesus died in my place. I believe that Jesus died in my place. And paid for all my sins. And paid for all my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And offers eternal life. And offers eternal life. To all who believe. To all who believe. And would receive him. And would receive him. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe you're knocking at the door of my heart. I believe you're knocking at the door of my heart. And I sure welcome you in. And I sure welcome you in. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. As my peace. As my peace. As everything I need. As everything I need. And I thank you for it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And would you pray first for us? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you encourage us in your word, that as believers that we can come boldly to your throne of grace, yes, that we, we could can. obtain mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Yes, Father. And Father, our nation, our whole world is in a time of need right now. Yes, sir. And Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace. Yes, Father. And Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would be with every yes, person on the place of this planet. Yes, Father. Father, even those that don't know you, Father, that they would turn yes, to you Father. in their time of need, in their time of fear. Yes, Father. Father, that they would recognize that without yes. you, Lord, that they have nothing to put their trust in, nothing to put their hope in. But, Lord, that they can put their trust and their hope in you, and they can surrender their lives to you. Father, we thank you, Father, that you promise to work all things together Mm -hmm. for good for those that love you and are called according to your plan and purpose for them. And, Father, we do love you. And, Lord, we just ask that even this, Lord, even though... The families of our church are in their homes right now watching this online. Lord, you're going to work that together for good. Yes, you And, are. Father, even though the children are not able to go to school for the next couple of weeks and some uh, parents are not going to into their jobs, Father, and some stores are closed and different things are taking place, Father, that somehow you will work this all together for good yes, for those will, of us Father. who love you and are called according to your yes, purpose. Father. And, Father, we ask that... That all of this, Lord, what we're doing in these next couple of weeks will make a difference. Yes, Father. Lord, that it will make a difference that this disease will not spread, 
like it has in yes. other places, Father, that it will not spread, Father, that yes. you will cause it, Lord, to, to not continue to affect the individuals and the families and the people in our country or in other countries. Yes. Lord, we uh -huh. ask that you would deliver them. Yes. Lord, you have promised us that you have come, Lord, Father. that you are the Lord, our healer. Yes, you are. That Jesus bore stripes on his back, that we could be yes, healed. Father. And, Father, we speak forth healing yes, to do, all those Father. that have already been affected by the coronavirus here yes, in Father. our United States, but also throughout the world. Yes, and, Father, Father, we ask that they would receive strength and healing and yes, help. Father. Father, we just commit all these things to you, Lord, and we trust you, Father. That must be God calling us right now. <laughs> it's, our, it's our daughter. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can call upon you at any time and you yes. will answer and that you hear our cries. And, Father, we just thank you that we can look to you for protection. We can to look to you for safety. We can to look to you for wisdom, Lord, on how to proceed in these coming days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bye-bye. Ask your blessings upon each man and woman who's in this building right now. Yes. <clears throat> and ask a special blessing upon them and upon their family, upon their spouse, upon their children. Lord, upon their moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews. Yes. Lord, I ask that you'd work through each one who is here. And Father, that you'd change this world, yes. these men and women of faith. Yes. And Lord, whatever it is that they're desiring, Whatever they're seeking, Lord, I just ask that you'd grant it to them yes. and you'd show yourself strong on their behalf. Yes. And Father, those who are watching for the very first time, that you would just show yourself strong in their lives and may they see that you are very present in their time of need. Yes. And all of our church family who are watching online, that you'd bless them as well. Yes. Lord, their, their loved ones, their, their spouses and children, every one. Father, who's in their sphere of influence. And we thank you, Papa God, that prayer is not limited by distances. Yes. And we thank you that you hear us. And give us all an appetite and a desire to look into your word tonight and tomorrow to read it and chew on it a little bit and allow it to produce faith in us. And give us the ability to shake off that fear and to walk through this life here in our communities fearless not foolish but fearless faith-filled men and women who do the things that you show us yes. bless my brothers and sisters i ask and papa I ask you to bless our president yes. and all the men and women who are working alongside of him yes. and all those businesses such as walmart and all those other big stores that allow there to be testing done in their parking lots yes. lord i thank you that you're pulling our nation closer together in this difficult time. And Lord, we're going to praise you even in this storm. We love you, Lord. Watch over us now as we go our different ways. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys for watching online. Thank you guys who are here today. And uh, if you did pray and you asked Christ into your life online, if you will text us or email us, Whatever form of communication you have to get a hold of us, we'll give you a little gift bag. It has a Bible in it. It's all free. Some things that would inspire your faith. And is there anything else you can think of?
I would just encourage all of you, you know, this is a, a great opportunity that God is giving us to be a light and to share hope because so many people are hopeless right now. And we, we have the hope living inside of us that we can share Christ with others. So use the opportunities that God brings uh, into your life during this time um, to pray with people. Some people have never um, been prayed for in the, in the way that we know that we can go to our Father and, and pray for them. So just be sensitive to the, the doors that God's opening for you. And you know what? For such a time as this, there are verses in the Bible, Mark especially, chapter 16, but many others, where he says that we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It's for such a time as this, when there's difficulties. This is the time, you know, even when we can't shake hands, you know, we got to elbow things like that, but we might can still pray for them. But I tell you, God said we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And I don't know about you, but I believe it. I've seen him do it so many times. And, you know, to get a hold of him on behalf of the people who's in our sphere of influence, family, friends, neighbors, people we meet along the way who right now are in panic mode. Many of them are. And they would sure appreciate what we read over here a while ago, some of those encouraging words. Oh, man, it delivers people from fear. So, hey, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for turning us on. And uh, we'll continue to email and text you. Keep in contact. God bless you. You are dismissed.